Hello, fans. Welcome to a very special live edition of Generation Red from the brand new Generation Red Studios built just this year. I am your host, Ken. Hello, and I am the prodigal son, the other host, Scott. <laughs> and of course, we are the kettle corn of Husker Fan Podcast, and that kettle corn will stay in this stadium all the way through the season. It's our good luck yeah. charm. Bought it at the spring game. Figure might as well have some kettle corn on the table, and it might as well have been bought at the spring game because that's the beginning of a new era. We all watch the new era begin. And to talk about the new era that began last yesterday is some of our best friends from the Husker Pod universe. Starting on my left, we got Honky. Hello. <laughs> and, and next to him, we got Andrew from Big Red and More. How's it going, guys? We're doing really good, man. This is absolutely awesome having you guys here. And then, of course, next to Scott there is the one who shall, well, not remain nameless. His name is say. what? My name is Brian, representing right. the Husker Army podcast. That's right. That's right. And hopefully Kenny is watching. Uh, sorry, Kenny. Yeah, no Ken. room for you, dude. <laughs> no. You needed to make the trip here from Arizona, man. I'm sorry. Absolutely. I completely totally agree. I absolutely completely agree. I'd love to meet that dude and have him in the studio. It'd be pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, coming up in the near future, Scott and I will do some more shows here in the studio. Uh, we intend to have Willie Miller in to talk specifically about being that badass fullback that he was back in the 90s, early 2000s, as well as talking to him about his recovery journey that he's been on now for a few years, which I have something in common with on that. So that should be a fun conversation. We also probably have former wide out Riley Washington on sometime soon to talk about the coaching staff and talk about the comparisons between it and the coaching staff he played for. And uh, just recently talked to Dave from Husk Guys. He wants to come and hang with, hang nice. out with us too. So Good dude. Uh, we got some fun stuff coming. So stay tuned for it. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like this video. And uh, yeah, should be fun. Tonight we're going to talk about the spring game. Uh, we've yeah, got sorry. five things we're going to get into. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense, just kind of overall thoughts. And then, of course, we're each going to give a game ball to a player. And then um, we'll talk about the return of Frank to Memorial Stadium and, of course, new Herbie coming out on that motorcycle. I want that bike. I don't know about you, <laughs> yeah. but I really, really want that bike. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. So let's get into it. Let's talk about the offense, guys. Uh, Honky, we'll start with you. Your overall impressions of the offense. Was there something that stuck out to you, something that grabbed your attention and said, yeah, this is, and I know it's, you're going to start with the green jersey, so I'm not going to let you do it. So uh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I posted something on Twitter today. It was my favorite play of the game, and it's no shocker. It was the the one option that, the read option that Harbor ran for about 30 yards. And uh, just to know that that's part of the offense. Now we saw some social media of, of a similar play a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. So we knew it existed in the offense, but it's still fun to watch it be run. I think I kind of broke it down. It looked like it was a true read option. Like I think he could have handed it off and made the right read, ran around, had good distance with his running back. So it was a well-run option. And then Tavian Thompson's downfield, 30 yards blocking. And and if you're going to run option, be successful running option, you can't. it's not just on the, the big hogs up front. You need to have those receivers mm -hmm. out there doing it too. And so that was a lot of fun to see. And uh, at least for me, that was a – that was my favorite play. I enjoyed a lot of the run game that we had and and a lot of the QB run game. Oh, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. It was a lot of fun to watch them mm -hmm. actually opening holes, especially in that first quarter and a half. It looked like that offensive line was really getting a push. They were getting mm -hmm. three, four yards every time they touched the football. How about you, Andrew? Was there somebody in particular that or something on that offense that grabbed your attention? Actually, I was going to go with the offensive line and mm -hmm. how much 
I've uh, seen some improvement from those guys. You know, we all know they had a tough time last year um, between injuries, moving guys around, things like that. But I like to see that the guys have stepped up. I'm even more excited to see what they can do come fall with having, you know, fall camp and everything. But that's really what grabbed my attention the most, seeing some improvement there. Hmm. All righty. Mr. Brian, impressions on the offense, what'd you think? Me, I've got a soft spot. Uh, I'm a running backs guy. And what I saw was three capable backs yesterday. Mm-hmm. Grant looked great. He's not doing any dancing. One, two max cuts, north-south. Ramir running hard like crazy, as he's done every year. That's what I don't understand, why he didn't get such a shot last year. Mm-hmm. And it really upsets me, because that guy's got amazing potential. And then we also saw Gabe Irvin Jr., whom mm-hmm. I think last year had a huge chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he's looking to knock that off this year. Mm-hmm. You could tell just by the way they're running in between the tackles. All three of those guys are capable. We have a hell of a running backs table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a position group that stuck out to me, too. That You kind of stole mine. So, hey, you don't have to listen <laughs> to me now, which is cool. So, yeah, running backs, Gabe Irvin grabbed my attention immediately. He's so big, so mm-hmm. fluid, so capable. Legs of, like of, trunks. Yep, yep. He yep. reminds me a yep. lot Pork of Amon chop. Green. Pork He's chop got that well. same build. Those big, the big chunky legs and just strong and smooth. But yeah, overall, I thought Grant was the best runner of the day. He mm-hmm. kind of had the best stats, and then and then um, AJ Allen was mm, he was there, you know. Mm-hmm. But then Emmett Johnson showed up yep. and made made some things happen. So. That's the position group I'm excited about, Scott. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on uh, the offense. Billy Kemp, I thought he looked pretty dang yep. good. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked, I thought he looked mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. athletic. Um, it looked like he was incredibly quick and decisive, and he reminds me a lot of the last few wide receiver transfers that we've got that have been successful in Trey Palmer mm-hmm. and uh, oh shoot, Samari Torre. Samari Torre. Yep. He re- he reminds me of those guys just mm-hmm. right out of the gate. That's that's that would be my first impression, and then. Yeah, just all to all together. I mean, looks like we could use some uh, work in the quarterbacks room. If I were to say I have any critiques, um, but obviously we didn't get a sample of Casey Thompson, and I think I think that's a big a big factor there. Um, but yeah, no, I I agree, Brian. I agree, Dad. I mean, just our running back room. It looked a lot more like efficient running back by committee kind yep. of setup. That's that's kind of how I looked at it, where you have a couple guys that you can rely on and and you know that you're not going to take too far of a step back from from Gabe Irvin or an Anthony Grant. Um and yeah, I mean it looks like yeah, like what what you said, Andrew, about the offensive line, it looks like they might be able to set them up with some more things yeah. as mm-hmm. as the year goes on. You know, something that's interesting is we didn't something we didn't see but can you envision some two back offense out there where oh, you yeah. get Gabe oh, yeah. and you get Ooh. you know Ramirez on the on the well? I mean, Janoran Vaughn looked good. Yeah. Is a rule against a wishbone? Well, I don't think I, I don't know. That we go full wishbone, but even <laughs> just you know, even just not, having but... you know two back there. If it's a shotgun, you've mm-hmm. got you know two two of those backs, those talented guys. I mean, they talk about twelve and thirteen personnel and all that. So and we have well, look, in the past. Uh, think about this. Uh, so one of the most interesting formations that was quite successful when uh sean watson and, and company would use it or not watson who was our back tim beck would oh, use it was yeah. that that diamond that re- yes. almost that reverse mm-hmm. wishbone that we yeah. ran with taylor and uh i could see 
room for Janet, you know, Janera yeah. and Bonner in the middle there being that, that big would, thumper. You've got yeah. Gabe on one side, you've got Grant on the other, and oh, you've got a dude that's as big as all three of them at quarterback that can also keep the ball. Uh, and you know, you know, rules of film junkie, right? Yeah. He's watched probably anything and everything that's got the N on a helmet that's available in the archive. So I know he's seen it. If there's, there's no doubt in my mind, he's seen it. If there's so, a way to get like Harburg on the field next year, it yeah. could be in, in a formation uh, yeah. like that too, where, oh, absolutely. I mean, he's as much of a wildcat QB if he wasn't an every down guy and get him on the field in a three back kind of setup oh, like that. Man. Nebraska used to do that the last year. Yes. Osborne with the wing, with the wing bone, kind of the inverse the power wishbone. eye. I, I yeah. mean, yeah. Hey, could you imagine, I mean, granted the young man's gone now. I believe he's at Florida Atlantic. Jock has Yam. What yeah. could he have done at fullback? Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because he's going to tear it up at Florida that. Atlantic. He's just, he's gonna. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, is it Florida Atlantic or Florida? Florida Inter- I don't remember. Florida International. Florida International. Oh, is it? Okay. There we go. Maybe I don't. He's going to tear it up there, and imagine what he just could have done if he. Man, I mean, I know he's got to do what's best for him. So good luck to him. Well, you know, Mark Whipple didn't like running backs all that much because no, he, he only wanted to run them two directions, right, left, and, <laughs> yeah. and well, into linebackers. That's all speaking, he wanted. <laughs> speaking of things that we did not like if we yeah. were watching the offense, what were some things that were areas of concern for you gentlemen out of the offensive side of things? Start with you, Brian. Go ahead. And see, this is where I got to go against you on this one, Andrew. The offensive line's run blocking. Mm-hmm. To me, I didn't see a whole lot of big holes opening up. Occasionally there was. Their pass blocking to me looked great. It looked night and day from the last two years we've seen. Yeah. But the run blocking just kind of it bothered me. I, I didn't see a whole lot of push, and it was bothering me that we're seeing a 3-3-5 get more of a push and standing the offensive line up. Mm-hmm. Now, were they maybe giving it everything they've got on every single run play? Possibly not. It's a spring game. I get it. At the same time, hopefully that's not a cause for concern as we move into the actual season come August. But just for right now, for a spring game, that's really the only critique I could give the offense is just the run blocking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I don't know. I think the ball was on the carpet a lot, too. Yeah. I figured I'd let somebody else cover that one. <laughs> that, that, but but we talked about it upstairs when we were eating supper yep. uh, before we got down here, guys. I think that is just a product, obviously, of a new system. Yeah. Uh, secondly, rule set it. There have been a lot of balls on the carpet during this spring, but these guys are learning. And, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but I think most of these quarterbacks, if not all of them, along with the center that they're centers that they're working with, have basically predominantly worked out of the shotgun. Mm-hmm. They're not used to literally handing yeah. the ball off between their legs, and a quarterback's not used to receiving it that way. So and it was colder than balls. So yeah. You know, it's pretty easy to see how the fumbles are going to happen. But, you know, and I'm not as concerned about them because I think that's going to get cleaned up. And I think Rule was biting his tongue for four quarters when he probably got into the locker room and he probably kicked some heads in verbally, not (laughs) physically. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of issues. White offense with the turnovers. And and when I mean white offense, I mean the the very first group of starters because, I mean, they were even rotating on that. But, you know, like one of the fumbles is a – is a handoff that Richard Torres is doing where it mm-hmm. hits the fullback going back to, to hand the ball off. I mean, yeah. you have things like that where I, I'm i not going to jump too much on turnovers yet because probably a lot of those turnovers were happening with guys that aren't probably going to be playing a lot next yeah. year. Yeah, And where I saw the bulk of those issues, it wasn't with that that top group. There was We had a couple penalties with the top group, including one was a delay a game be coming off of a, off of a, a 
stop ball or stop yep. clock. Yeah. So those are, I mean, those are, I don't, it, it's early to say concerning, but those are things that need to be worked on. I know it's definitely concerning to rule and he'll definitely, sure, you sure. know, it's a coachable Absolutely. moment, but I mean, those would be little things like that. Were there any other concerns? Anybody else have a concern besides the offensive line and the turnovers? Were there anything else? That, mine was, mine Gilbert? was be turnovers. So, okay. Yeah. A big guy I mean, that's athletic, I, dropping the football wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was so painful that, to watch. That was going to be ball. my thing. Yeah. Gilbert, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yes, yeah. there were definitely some underthrows and overthrows, but when there were balls that were within catching vicinity, they were more often than not dropped. Mm-hmm. Especially like one of the yeah. biggest blunders of the day offensively was uh, watching Eric Gilbert just struggle. Yeah, because um, did he even get a single reception for the day? No, I think no, it was for targeted two, right? like. He was targeted, targeted twice. twice. Well, I don't think he was targeted again, even though he was open a couple more times. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned Ken the the yeah. weather conditions and you know anyone who all went. I know you guys. Oh yeah. yeah we were. were you guys? Uh, I didn't go to the game. No, I just. He came was in up the shelter. It. He was up under the. Yeah, we were oh, luckily yeah. just under club up under level. The, yeah. So well, yeah, it, nice anyone that was there, yeah, at least you got the windbreak. Right. Yeah. It was it was poor conditions. And mm-hmm. what did they talk about? You know, uh, Field during the during the last couple months in rule. You're going to play in climactic conditions in the Big Ten and up in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to run the ball. And yesterday would have been a good example of a day where you know we probably shouldn't be putting the ball up 40 times. Mm-hmm. Now it's a spring game, so it's a totally different thing. But right. I like how they have put this team in bad conditions yeah. in some of the morning yeah. practices and said, "Hey, this is what it's going to be like against Wisconsin, against Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not taking the team inside like uh, you know PJ did up there you know, yesterday, and and we're gonna we're gonna play real football outside." And they probably threw the ball around a little more, maybe they would if this was a real game in in late October in those conditions. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like like they were preparing for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. those necessary game moments in in late October, early November, where Mm -hmm. you're put up against the ropes, you're on your heels, um, and you've got to be able to make decent chunk yardage to get down to the field and you can't just run the ball yep. you've got no timeouts left it's 58 right. seconds left in the game you got to start throwing the ball down the field well, and so and then that makes perfect sense why they would prepare to do that based on special teams i mean they were they were going for it so many times on yeah. on fourth down when they were supposed to punt it's like why the hell not why the hell not practice yeah you got nothing to lose full speed yeah. In a game environment, when it's cold, when it's challenging, yep. let's do something to prepare for these moments that Nebraska seems to shoot themselves in the feet more often than not. Situational football. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's rules, the thing we've complained about for five years. Situational rules, football. Rules even come out and talked about that, too. You know, when he's talking about our close games last year, he's like, I need to get these guys prepared for moments like that so that when, when they do come, they're not caught off guard. Like, uh, very much uh, Belichick style, situational football in practice all the time. Mm-hmm. So I love how Rule's embracing that. He's seen uh, where we came up short and is trying to implement those situations again to make sure it doesn't keep happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick, do you guys notice where what we didn't critique this year at all that we've done for two or three seasons, or if not more? Probably special teams. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They looked Honestly, amazing to me. Couple misses, yeah, but mm-hmm. that wasn't that into the wind. Yeah, going oh. into the wind. And that those was are like, tough. That was our second string. Those kicker, are tough. Right? Well, that was yeah. back to Bleak Rose, but yeah, Bleak Rose. Bleak Rose. Bleak Rose made, made two kicks. A, at, yeah, he missed a four, like a forty-two yarder going into that teeth yeah. of that wind. Yeah. Yeah. But his first one he made from forty-nine, he literally started it out 
to the left of the goalpost and let the wind bring it back mm-hmm. in. I'm like, man, I wish I could hit a draw like that with my seven iron. Right. I can't. I wish so, they would adopt the kickoff rule like XFL has. The way they oh, did yeah. it. Where and they're it, just it standing is, still it till it's cut caught. down so many injuries. You've got them lined up five yards apart and nobody yeah. can move until it is touched. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. You don't have gunners coming down full bore mm-hmm. trying to knock somebody's head off. It's perfect. I it's wouldn't like be surprised to see. Scrimmage. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. XFL nailed it with that one. Yeah, in really the next five years. Yes. So. Yep, absolutely. I completely. You know what? This is this is fun. This is I haven't I've not had a discussion about Husker football around a table like this since we used to do it at Thanksgiving all the time with with family. Yep. And yep. this is like hanging out with family guys. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. So, I think are we have we pretty satisfied with what we talked about on offense or is there anything else that's that's burning somebody's brain i'm excited to talk talk about the defense all right yeah me too let's move on then so on to the defense um i'm gonna kick this one off and i'm and it kind of ties into the offense because scott and i kind of talked about the play on the way out of the stadium that second catch that billy kemp made number 18 i don't know who it was on defense he came around the edge you know he looked like he was just going to back the line and right as it was snapping he comes around the edge Billy Kemp goes right to where he stopped, where he came from, and the ball was there immediately. And I just thought that was so good. But I loved watching the aggressiveness in the defense. Mm -hmm. Make the offense, make a decision under pressure. And they did not pull any stops yesterday. I think um, I I hate the idea of not showing, you know, the Bob Diaco Oh, yeah, hey, yeah, I've got this badass three four, but we're going to play a really shitty four three yeah. in the spring game and let a fourth string walk on running back cram the ball down our throats for the last two quarters. So yeah. I don't miss it. I'm glad we were playing good on good. We were playing fast, and my goodness, MJ Sherman brings a freaking mm. truck with him when he hits people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So Scott, you go ahead. Your first first uh, thoughts on the defense. So my first thoughts on the defense, especially since we started, we got offense out of the way. I just want to tie the two together to start this off with just like, when I look at our defense, if I were to take these two scenarios, if I'm chugging some Kool-Aid and I'm thinking best case scenario versus if I'm not chugging the Kool-Aid and I'm thinking about it with the most realistic possible lens I possibly can with our given history and context of, of what we've had to deal with for the better half of a decade now. Um, it's either our defense is looking pretty dang good and our offense is looking pretty dang average mm-hmm. or our defense is looking pretty dang average and our, uh, our offense is looking like trash. Um and so with this with this offense, yes, like I think the first thing that comes to mind is MJ Sherman. He looks like what we uh, thought we were putting our money into. Yeah. Uh, so I am really, really excited for MJ Sherman. Um, yes, it looks like they're just playing with with just like just bloodthirst. They mm-hmm. look like they're they're hungry. They look like they're ready to just ready to just kill something. And and I mean, it's it it goes it coincides with what they were saying in the press conferences earlier, like last week, I believe, where uh, Rule made a comment about that that the defense is fine, like they found their way, and so they're just letting them play now. They're not having to yep. coach them. They're, they're just, actually playing without the playing. fair fear of failure or whatever. Yes. like we wanted last week. Exactly, and obviously our offense was not, and so I think that there was definitely a disparity of where they are at in their current training cycle. 
Um, I think the offense still has a little bit of ways to go, but um, yeah, that D uh, one thing that I can say for sure is that our defense looks like they're coordinated. They look like they're one unit Mm -hmm. and it felt natural. They just looked like a natural, a natural defensive unit. And I don't know any other way to describe it. It just looked so fluid. And so like, if that's, let's just say average at best, right? Like, let's say just in comparison to the big 10, we get into the season, we go like six and six or whatever. turns out they're average. Well, it got us to six and six. Did it not? It got us to, (laughs) got us to a bowl game. So you know what, if that's, if that's, if that's the result of that, then I'll take it, you know? Yeah. Brian, what do you think? You know, they say revenge is a dish best served cold. Now, honestly, for me in football, that's a dish best served for a defense in any game. No mm-hmm. offense wants to play in a cold game. You got the defense out there. They want to light you up mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. It fires them up even more. The colder it gets, the harder they're going to hit you. And that's mm-hmm. what I think I saw yesterday. These guys just wanted to hit somebody. It didn't care who it was. They could have <laughs> had a green Jersey on. I don't think they would have cared. Right. And there was a lot of pads popping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget who uh receiver number 17 is. But when he got Ty popped, Ty he got popped and coughed that ball yeah. up. He didn't see him coming for one. Nope. But sound football, sound technique. Mm-hmm. He got low and he put his hat on the ball mm-hmm. as soon as he turned around. It, that defense was flying around. Am I crazy about a three-three-five? Absolutely not. I I have grown up watching a four-three. <laughs> I I'm sorry. I'm firmly believe you should have a defensive lineman for ev- almost every offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. That way, it just to me, it seems right. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of a three-three-five at all, but they looked great running it yesterday. So I can't complain as of right now. They they look like they've actually done something and improved. Yep. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the biggest takeaway that I like seeing was all the stunts. You know, going back to the mm-hmm. aggressiveness, there was a lot of stunts. They're hitting those offensive linemen from crazy angles. Um, which I find is going to be very advantageous for us because it's going to be really tough for the other team to prepare within a week for that. Yeah. So as long as yeah. we keep uh, keep the other offense guessing like that on wh- where we're coming from, we're gonna we're gonna be pretty good that way. The other thing I really like was how much the young guys have already stepped up. Mm. You know, like Prince Will, a um, couple other guys. I'm not going to try that last name. Are no, you? no. <laughs> the guy over the intercom had a hell of a time doing it. Paused every time before yeah. he said Same it. Same on television. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody... Well, they said we're just going to call him Prince Will. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Prince Will. yeah. Um, but no, I, I really like how the young guys that have just got here are already stepping up and looking good. So that's great for our future. And, you know, like, again, going back to you still got fall camp to improve too. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a very good sign for us. And to your point, Scott, um, about the defense being further along than the offense, I think that is a good sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be more concerned if the defense wasn't ahead or further ahead because there's there's less to learn on a defense. I mean, I'm not trying to say that defense is easy by any means and, you know, there's nothing to learn. It's But there's more to learn on offense. So it's it's great to see that they're further ahead. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that take. Honky? Yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, a lot of what you guys have said, the 
the youth, I was surprised to see so much youth Maverick and Prince. Well, and, mm-hmm. and Leonard was out there, you know, very early on with that number one D ones versus ones. Uh, there were some good bodies out there. Like, like mm-hmm. seeing Rollins on the D line mm-hmm. was impressive or took to go Togaloa. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. tight end transfer to or, a tug of Iowa. The tight end that, that, that switched positions over the D D line. I mean, some of those guys, I don't know where they'll fall on the, the depth chart for next season. But, uh, you know, I, I can see some good depth being built there, and that's how Rule has traditionally done it as previous stops, is you see some guys moving around, changing positions, mm-hmm. and uh, and start to get built up. Judy, from the, the transfer from a and mm-hmm. I thought looked really good out mm-hmm. there. And uh, that's one of those guys that, you know, you're trying to find your two deep right now. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel pretty solid too deep on the D-line, on the O-line? Um if you if you don't, then you, you probably try to go after a couple portal guys. And I don't think we need to go after the portal to try to go find a starter right now. I don't see yeah. an immediate like, oh my gosh, we're in that kind of position. They may go after the portal for for a, a immediate depth kind of guy for next season along the lines. They might. They also might not. I don't. I don't know yet. I'm not sold on that. And I think the as much as uh, Rule talks about wanting to be a developmental program. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to be a developmental program if you're bringing guys in in May and June mm-hmm. and expecting anything yeah. out of them yep. in August. I don't think it says a lot for your program if you are if you're doing that on a traditional year after year basis. Sure. You may he may feel the need to do it this season in year one. He may feel the need to build the bodies up one or two more. But um, but uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't in any position looking at the D line going oh my or, or the O line either way going oh man we are just we're hosed with bodies we 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 can't trot these guys out. I mean, we've got enough players. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. I thought, I thought uh, we were talking about it on the way to, on the way out of the stadium, Scott, it seemed like every pass, there was somebody in the face of the quarterback. Number one, and I didn't have move. Jeff Sims made in the backfield. That spin that. No. A la, a la he didn't get anything out of it, but Tommy Armstrong. Cause he'd do that all the time. And it was, it was, it was sweet. Uh, and then, it seemed like every pass was pretty much contested. There was always a DB right there. Um, so they knew where they needed to be. They knew where the offense was going in many cases, it looked like to me. So, again, you guys are probably way better at the X's and O's than we are. We're 10,000-foot view guys. That's what, that's what we do. So that's why we have you here. You make us look better. Um, but, yeah, the youth on the defensive line surprised me. I was really surprised. And it turns out, Reimer was concussed, so that's why you saw okay. what Jamari Butler and, and Butler, Butler improved a lot. And Snodgrass played. Snodgrass a lot. played a lot. I, yeah. I, I DM'd his, his dad. He was Hartzog on, he was had a good game. Hartzog, Hartzog had a good, did a great job. Can I ask you guys a question, real quick? Mm-hmm. Would you have ever thought, after watching that video of Harvard lighting up Isaac Gifford, mm-hmm. that he would have led the team on defense in tackles for the no. spring game? No. Yeah. Uh, he had the most no. tackles of anybody on the defense. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But apparently, Harburg never ran at him. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> 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 so, any other thoughts on the defense? Anybody else got a thought that popped in their head? I just, I'm excited to see what Tony White does. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to see because I didn't see, I wouldn't know a 335 if it was staring me in the face. I saw a lot of four, four guys looked a lot like what Schnander was running. Yeah. In many ways, with you know, one standing yeah. up on either end, and three guys with their hands in the dirt, and they were getting after it. Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah. certainly way more aggressive than Shenander. Shenander's is that mm-hmm. uh, bend don't break. I, I think yeah. send don't break, read and react kind I of deal. I think schematically, 
you know, we've probably been running some variation of a three three five basically ever since hell even Diaco got here. Yeah. Yep. In in some way or another. You either have three down linemen or you have four. But I mean, when you bring a an edge or a jack, whatever they call that guy now, they bring him up and he's in a, he's in a two point stance, but he's right on the line, then he's yep. essentially uh it's a four man front at that point. But I the guy I, I think about with with that kind of position is Trev when he was here because he was here in a five two and he was clearly an outside linebacker stand up back yep. in the day. Then they switch him. They switch defenses. They go to a four three. He puts his hand in the turf, and and he's a D end and he's a rush guy and that's it. He's yep. not. And he you know he's two forty. He didn't become a big defense alignment guy, but he was he was a rush guy. And then he goes out and wins the Butlin Butkus Award. And I'm like, he never should have won the Butkus. That that goes to an outside linebacker. He yeah. should have won the Lombardi Award that Grant Wistrom won three years later, playing yeah. the exact same position. Exactly. Yeah. And but what I liked about what what McBride and them did with him back at that time was, you're a rush end. You're going to be you're you're not kind of playing back and forth. We're not going to drop you back into coverage. You think about when O'Shawn uh, Mathis came here last year, number one guy in the portal and all mm-hmm. that, and he was playing that edge position. And oh, he's going to be you know hand in the turf, maybe blitz, but then he'll drop back one time, and oh, he's going to go back and forth. To me, I was just like, I think he's a he's a good rusher. I would just yeah, let him, I'd put his yeah. hand in the turf and just let him do that yep. every single play. Yep. And there we were, three four games in the season, and you're seeing him more times dropping back into zone. Mm-hmm. I look at a guy like Butler and, and some of those players, maybe even Sherman. I don't know. Sherman <laughs> impressed just physically. He looks like a guy like I put his I'd put his hand in the turf and let him rush. Yeah, let him get yeah. in the backfield and and uh, you know we call it three three five, call it four, call it whatever. I just one five five. I want that guy getting in the just backfield keep it, and keep and it simple. You know, like some guys are just made to be see ball get ball. Yep. You know that's Nothing that's wrong. it. Yeah, I think you're before we started, you were talking about Dwayne Harris back in the day. It's yeah. like those are same guys that would have been outside linebacker slash DNs back. You know, back in the, those four three five two days. Yep. I don't. I don't really want Dante Jones and Dwayne Harris going back in coverage and playing zone no. defense. I, I want to see them getting in the backfield and, and causing havoc. And um, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, you can do that out of any formation. The formation is just what they call it, I guess. But but what are you doing with those guys? Are you bringing four guys consistently? Are you doing these like cross dog blitzes that they did on one of the plays where I mean, there were linebackers crisscrossing and everything. They showed enough, and I, I kind of like that too because you're, it's about us getting better. You're not trying to hide anything for Christ's right. sakes. No. I mean, we got nothing Tony to hide White's, at this point. Tony White's only been a defensive coordinator for how many years now at the ACC and all that. He's yeah. got all that stuff's out there. It's not like he's coming here and changing everything he's ever done. We're going to run a lot of the same things that they did. So, so why don't we just run it really well? Why don't we run yep. the stuff as well as Syracuse guys were running it by the end of you know his, his time sure. there? If we do that, we'll probably be okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So. Let's move on and uh, give out a game ball or two. Uh, each of us come up with a player on offense or defense that you think deserves your game ball. And we'll start with you, Mr. Andrew. Uh, I'm going to go with Sims. I think Sims had a pretty good game, and I'm going to give him the ball. All right. I, I take, well. the, take the easy one. Take the, and it's okay. <laughs> we all can pick the same guy. That, that's mm-hmm. fine. If it, that's, you, know, you don't have to pick somebody different. So then uh, that, that throws it to you, Brian. Across the table, what you think? I mean, seriously, soft spot. I'm a running backs guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going with Ramirez. I know yeah. he didn't show anything too flashy and didn't break any big runs or anything like that. But the guy is not even close to the size of the other gentlemen mm-hmm. in that room. And he has no problem going between those tackles mm-hmm. with everything. And he's damn near full speed by the time he hits that line. Yep. 
and he's coming with everything he's got. To me, Ramir gets the game ball. All right, Scott. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with MJ Sherman, and maybe it's just because I'm biased, but I'm just biased to having like let's have the best possible defense we can get first, and then we can worry about offense later. And if we've got an edge rusher like an MJ Sherman who can get into the backfield of most of the Big Ten West, I mean, we're we're in contention to to bite back at any one of those teams. Um, so I'm going to go with MJ Sherman. He just looked, he just looked like a freak of nature. So I was just really impressed with him. All right. Honky. Uh, I'll go with Janir and Bonner, the, the fullback mm-hmm. wide receiver, tight end hybrid, everything. I guess they gave the game ball to Frank right after he ran that first play. So it's even appropriate for that. But, um, I, you know, they, they ran some ISOs where, you know, he was a lead blocking fullback. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing just to hand the ball off to him and almost almost kind of a gimmicky kind of like put the small fast guy in there and let him let him run the ball. But no, he was in there on on lead blocks, taking on a linebacker. And uh, and I wouldn't say it was always great for him. He's undersized in some of yeah. that role, but but he but he stuck his head in there. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't afraid to do that. And he and he didn't back down from doing that. So, I mean, they're serious about putting a fullback out there at times. I I was loved how serious they were about getting under center at times. I loved seeing a huddle again, mm-hmm. you know, let's not have, let's not have communication errors that we've heard for years and years and years. Uh, there's ways to get around that. Maybe slow down for a second, make sure everyone knows what they're doing. And, and they did that, you know, and, and it's baby steps, but uh, that it started with the fullback. It starts with getting bigger personnel out there. It starts with running the ball a little bit more. It starts with huddling mm-hmm. all those things. And I'm pretty happy. Yeah, um, I'm with you. I, I I wanted to say MJ Sherman. I wanted to say Vermeer. <laughs> I, Jeff Sims was the first one that came yeah. to mind for me. Yeah, yeah Sims is. A, but definitely. I've been dying to see a fullback. I've been dying to see a guy come back that you just know that the defense has to prepare for. And Janirin is not just a guy that's willing to stick his nose in there, or he's willing to take the ball and run it between the tackles. He can split out. He's yeah. got enough zip. That he can get popped open or he can motion out of the backfield, start off in an eye and then motion that fullback out into the mm-hmm. slot. And then the deep, you know, the coordinators up there going, wait a minute, I just put a big package in. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's some mismatches you could create with them. So, yeah, Janir and Bonner for me gets the game ball. Um, you know, who I thought had the best quiet game was Borkature. Oh yeah, tight end, and yeah. I might be a little biased because the kid's from Aurora, but uh, <laughs> but I definitely thought he had a nice quiet game. Yeah. So I, I thought, I mean, there's a lot of now we could just throw a whole bunch of names, but I thought Snodgrass played a really good game mm-hmm. out there. I, I said Hard Judy earlier. A lot of those defensive linemen guys, Rollins and and Princewell, you were hearing their names and, and Leonard. There's a lot of guys that were. I I just thought for the. Let's also take for a second and appreciate that 60,000 people showed up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and this is the first opportunity. And it's one of the best things that Nebraska can do for its players is that you're brand new to, to college football. You're a 18-year-old, you know, should still be a high school senior. And this yeah. is your first time to play in front of a crowd, but you get to do it in April. And we get film of you in front of that. Like, yeah. go yeah. and look at, like, Richard Torres out there, quarterback, and – 
you know, we're shaking a little bit. We're hitting the fullback and yeah. instead of the running back and fumbling the ball. I mean, some of this yeah. is they're young guys, and and we're all guilty of this as fans. Is we immediately go, oh, that guy's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that guy's gonna go in the portal. Oh, that guy should be gone. You know, even AJ Allen. Oh my gosh, he only fumbled. AJ Allen was in high school a year ago. Right now, right. You know, this is really just the end of what would have traditionally been a redshirt year. And I know Ken, we were at that the pipeline event yeah. and Friday night with with Hale Varsity Club. And there's Brandon Stein. You know what asked the question about like. What made you guys such a great linebacker? And it was, hey, we were you got developed. I mean, I was behind Will Shields for two or three years, and yeah. it was back in the day when it, we mm-hmm. weren't afraid to to develop. I, I don't want to walk away from the spring game. I don't want anyone watching it to walk away from it and go, that one guy fumbled. He should be gone. Oh, right. I hope that guy goes in the portal because he dropped a pass. It's like, it's like some of this is this is development for these guys. They're still young, but they got an opportunity to come here. I think it was the third biggest spring game yes. in the country yes. behind Ohio uh, State and Penn State. Penn State. Wow, State. Yep. 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 bigger than Alabama's, all that you know, bigger than even Colorado's. <laughs> and, and here's an here's an opportunity. I mean, it's bigger than most people. St- if we had sixty thousand people there, yeah. it's bigger than a lot of stadiums. It is, yeah. you know, in regular season. Yeah, yeah, in regular season, and these kids get to come in here. And play in front of that kind of crowd, like mm-hmm. and as a coach, I want to see mistakes. I don't want a perfect game, right? Because you, you gotta know, have something to I correct. Think, to I think work Rule on. walks away from it, like in a. I think he hates the fumbles, but I think oh, he God, secretly yeah. loves them too because good they happened here. Teaching moments. We yeah. played yeah. real football. How about that? Is the the game ball goes to playing real football? We played real football, and real football things happened, and now we got to get better better at those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we would always find those things out in the past in August or in yeah. September yeah. or in October, and it's like, well, well, shit, that's too late. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't Should catch I... that punt in the end zone, Cam <laughs> yeah. Taylor, please. Yeah. We, I, yeah. Let's get out of August, you know, with, with a victory this year, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, doggone it, that was fun. That was fun talking about the spring game, but for me, I don't know about you guys, but my eyes weren't sweating at all when Frank was introduced oh, at halftime. Uh, I had a little yeah. jalapeno on my and nose, yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> nose happened. started running. and Allergies. And it, yeah. was, it was cold. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I don't know, just the fact that Trev took the time to get on a microphone and actually say something Mm -hmm. publicly about this. And it just wasn't a hi, how you doing handshake wave to the crowd and off you go. And then hand the mic to to Frank who does the most like Frank Solich thing you can possibly do. And at the end he's like, well, you know, I guess uh, go big red and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) And he's so nonchalant and he's just so humble. Yeah. And then to see him get so emotional when it's revealed that the locker room is being named after him. Um, just one of the most amazing things I've experienced in Memorial Stadium in a long, long time. Because yeah. I was on the I was on the bandwagon back in the day of, no, this guy's winning nine games a year. Give him a chance to develop as a coach. Mm-hmm. I was not in the fire, Frank Solich, no, at all. And it. I I fought with people tooth and nail on message boards, which is like the dumbest place to carry <laughs> out. It's like social media, but with neck beards like Reddit, right? <laughs> uh, and it's just, oh Lord Almighty. It, we write we we write it a wrong yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and I thought yeah. that was really important. So we'll start with you, Scott, because you were busy stuffing your face or getting stuff to stuff your face with when all that was going on. But I think you caught it in TVs downstairs, didn't you? A little bit. I was trying to work my way up the uh, work my way up the the ramps to get up to our seats. So I actually kind of missed 
quite a bit of it, unfortunately. So I, I didn't get to watch hardly any of it. So I'm the last person to ask this question to. <laughs> oh, don't but, worry. We got to post it on Twitter for you. if you want to. Yeah. That's yes. the, that's why I asked you first. Cause yes. I'm a dad and I can be a dick like that. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my apologies, son. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's fine. I, I think regardless if I got to see it or not. Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I forgot to watch it um, before we started today, but, um, I mean, I think it's, yes, I think we righted a wrong. I think that it was what the Husker fan base needed to kind of close a chapter that just felt like it was just vaguely open. Didn't yeah. feel like there was true closure for it. Very well put. Um, yep. And so the fact that they did that just kind of, it kind of got rid of a boogeyman that had just been kind of floating around in yep. the ether of, of Husker fans' hearts. Um, and so... That alone is worth a million bucks, and, and I'm just I'm, I'm I'm happy that he uh, he was willing to participate because I mean that that's probably still a subject that hurts a bit to mm-hmm. think about. So, Brian, it's well deserved and long overdue. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ken, I'm with you. I mean, I I, I didn't have dry eyes watching that <laughs> tribute. I I didn't at all. Mm-hmm. It. To see Frank out on that field again after all this time, I took probably the biggest sigh of relief when he got to that 50-yard line. Just that it finally happened. Yep. And mm-hmm. it felt it felt like welcoming a long-lost relative back in. They've been missing for five-plus years or however long Frank was gone. I mean, mm-hmm. it just – it was like welcoming home somebody you just – have been wanting to see forever. Mm-hmm. And it was it almost like mm-hmm. a soldier coming home almost. It was like, it felt that <laughs> yeah. way. I'm not going to compare no. that. Well, he was here for 30 years exactly. as a player, yep. assistant and head coach. I mean, that's a, yeah. And, and to see the 45 painted oh. on the field. Oh, in yeah, the that's going to be mine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, it, to see the 45 in the font yeah. that was on his jersey. Yeah. I had a couple yeah. guys up where we were sitting asking. I'm like, Damn it. I'm going to have to let him know. Yeah, that's Solich's number. And that's exactly how it was written on the mm-hmm. jersey. It was mm-hmm. a great tribute and well-deserved and, like I said, long overdue. It was interesting when I saw that pop up on Twitter that they had done that on the field. It was done in such a way you looked at it and you went, oh, please tell me this isn't some jerk photoshopping oh, yeah. yeah. the field. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then I walked into the stadium and my voice caught. I was chatting with my wife or whatever, and I looked. And I'm like, oh, my God, the number. Yeah. yeah. And then she saw it. She goes, yeah, I saw you post it on Twitter. I thought somebody might have Photoshopped that. So I was like, I wasn't the only one thinking that. Mm, yeah, uh, not the same thing. I know he, uh, he just stole your thunder <laughs> yeah. there, Tedge. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I really just real classy overall on the way that Trev went about doing all this. Um, mm-hmm. Even from just getting him to come in the first place with telling them, you know, because Frank was reluctant, didn't want to do it. And he's like you ever think maybe you need to do it for the fans, you know, um, like not even just necessarily for yourself, like doing it for the fans. And then between the number and the surprise with the locker room and putting on their former player assistant coach, coach, right. Cause really embracing the whole, um, what's the work looking for the wholeness that he was at Nebraska as not just being grown. The the head coach for a few career. years, yeah, yeah. everything yeah. about yeah. it was, he was part Nebraska's of Nebraska's first recruiting class. Exactly, yeah. 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 
the modern era of Nebraska football started yeah. when he came here. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I just really liked the whole – everything as a whole. So, mm-hmm. good. Good stuff. Awesome. And honky, finish up with you. We were fortunate enough a year ago to have Coach Osborne on the show. Mm-hmm. And when I asked him, I was talking to him about his coaching staff and you know, all the great names and the McBrides and the Man. Darlingtons. Tenibers. And as I was going through it, I said Solich, and I turned to Mac, and I go, and he's never gotten the uh, – the, the official set you know send off the way he should have here well i can go back and edit that now he's yes. he has gotten yep. that uh it's well deserved it's long overdue uh it, it was great to see them do the thing with the locker room with him mm-hmm. um and i just think for trev it's one more thing that he's done here over the last mm-hmm. well, just since he started that he has a really good pulse on the the on husker nation what yep. we want what we're asking for uh whether he solicits solicits that through surveys or if it's just him you know being able to read the room that it's important that we wanted herbie it's important that we wanted solich back maybe mm-hmm. maybe we can have beers and pba and you can go down the list and he's mm-hmm. he's listening and yep. maybe it can't all happen tomorrow but it doesn't mean that it's because they're sitting up in an office and and, and they yeah. don't care who you are mm-hmm. they're they're it's at their not ranch falling on deaf ears. yeah they're not at the ranch in washington and, right. and you can't find them i mean yep. he, he's he's out there he's paying attention he's listening and and uh, it was well done by them so i, I applaud them Big time. That press conference with Solich the day before was mm-hmm. really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They asked him about the curse yeah. and whatnot, and his response: "Well, I guess you can say it's over now." <laughs> so understated, but at the same time, it's his way of acknowledging yeah, uh, well, y'all kind of we're back. Me over. Now. Didn't he almost seem like he didn't know what the curse was about? It, it, it almost yeah. seemed like he thought we meant he put a curse on right. us. No, it, it's yeah. our fault. Yeah. Frank, we did it. Well, I, that's said, all bad, man. Well, there was another interview. I, I think I read or something that he was interviewed shortly after he accepted to the invitation to come back. And somebody asked him about the curse and he goes, well, believe me, if I had the power to put a curse, there was somebody else I'd <laughs> yeah. have sent it to yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, we know who that is. Yeah. Think, think about it. <laughs> you know, for 25 years, Osborne never lost more than three games. Ever. Yeah. Three was the max. Right. Yep. Never lost more than that. Um, in 2003, Solich gets canned mm-hmm. at nine and three. The team eventually wins in the yep. bowl game. Michigan State. And, three, yep. and we don't want to gravitate to mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And for the 20 seasons since, we have never lost less than four games. We've lost four or more games every season since we didn't want to gravitate to mediocrity. The, the same record wow. that we were firing the coach of at that very moment. Um, I, I, I've said this several times the last few weeks because Solich has come up enough. We even talked about beforehand. I don't want to rewrite history. I, I, I didn't want him fired. But I also I understood it at the moment that sure. I, I could justify it. I also thought we were probably going to go out and get some great hire and it was all going to it was all going to be great. Uh, flat, I was wrong. I mean, I can look I can now look back and say I was absolutely wrong. And these are teachable moments for fans. And mm-hmm. and and I get what was going through my head at the time. Um, but uh, I think when people want to find curses or it's not hard to find the point in time where where this program, those are before and after. Yep. And, and that was clearly it. So I'm glad that they did it. Ladies I'm glad that they did what they did yesterday. Yes. <laughs> Not that they did it. A historic moment has occurred in Husker podcast land, and that is Honky admitted being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, buddy. I'm kidding. Uh, That's right. So you you mentioned Herbie, which is the next thing I want to talk mm-hmm. about is the new Herbie, the new old Herbie. Uh, yeah. Looks like the Herbie that's actually doing some ab crunches. And he, has, and he has mumps. He's got mumps, yeah, but he doesn't good. have that stupid George Clooney cleft no, chin anymore. <laughs> no. Freaking poser. Um, 
as as the NBNR guys put it so eloquently, may you rest in rest in piss or whatever yeah. uh, you, you poser. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, shout out to those guys. We got to run into them at the pipeline event, and they were yeah. really cool. So good dudes, uh, good dudes. Yeah, absolutely. So Herbie's back. The Herbie that we all deserve. They gave him the sharp dressed man treatment, which mm. I thought was great. Uh, my wife loved it. She was like, "Oh, that's the perfect song." And yeah, there's nothing better than overalls and corn hanging out your pocket. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yes, I yeah. mean, and he's got a little bit of a, maybe he's drinking, I don't know, Michelob Ultra now instead <laughs> of Bud Heavies or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, he looks like he's working out a bit. And uh, you, Scott, were around, kind of started really growing into your Husker fandom about the time they changed Herbie. Yep, and I remember, I remember watching that game. It was uh, Oklahoma State 2003. The Walk of Champions. Remember with mm-hmm. all the old players mm-hmm. walking into the stadium and they showed it online. And then they introduced this new Herbie, the new Slim for oh. the future. And then this dude jumps out of the car and the stadium went. It was Ooh. like everybody went, what the hell is this? And what are you doing here? And that's kind of one of the moments that I went, boy, Frank better win the title. If they're changing Herbie to this because they don't like the big slow Nebraska traditional herbie, they're probably not going to like the traditional offense that you're running either. So you yeah. might want to win a few more games than you've been winning. Now, could you kind um, of attribute that unveiling to lack of social media back then? Because Trev was really able to put a package together and oh, everything yeah. for yeah. this new herbie, put it out there on Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, and we gave us a chance to get excited. We knew this sure. was coming. Build it up. We yeah. just wanted to see what it was. The yeah. other one's kind of just a cold open. It just mm-hmm. you knew it, it was coming. They made an announcement that the new mascot was going to be revealed. Yeah. But everybody but, any, and, and all you heard yeah. leading up to it was it's going to be a sleeker, more modern version. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that modern offense sure worked out for us too yeah. a couple years later. But uh <laughs> Uh, what did you think, Scott? Well, I just thought it was, I thought it was cool as a blonde myself. I'm always, uh, I'm always <laughs> sympathetic for when I get my, my representation in the pop culture realm of things. So, um, yeah, the overalls just, the. I would say it's a modernization, but in the proper way, like if that's what they would have done back in the day when they went to modernize Herbie Husker and they would have just went to that where it keeps the soul of the iconic image and then just make some minor tweaks that are a little bit more up to par with, mm-hmm. with just decal production quality and all that stuff. Um, that's what they should have done to begin with. Um, so it's great that they were able to do it. And I mean, Trev is just getting just, He's just getting the money every single time with all these decisions. I mean, dude, if he isn't going to Vegas and also like putting big money down so that he can stretch his luck and maybe gain a few bucks in in the process, uh, you know, props to him for for the self control. Because I mean, he just keeps he just keeps getting hit after hit after hit, and it's been phenomenal. Um, love the new Herbie Husker. Love it. Nothing to really not like like nothing to not like about it all right brian well we we got a a herbie back that Mm -hmm. i remember you know most Mm -hmm. of us can remember it this this is something i I was never a fan of when they changed him up i wasn't Mm -hmm. i grew up with the overalls herbie it was never harry husker i don't know who the hell started that never been harry husker it's herbie 
I, I, I couldn't have been more happy for this. And when he came out on that tractor, first of all, when I heard the horn, it scared the <laughs> hell out of me because I didn't know where I couldn't see the tunnel too clearly. And then I heard the horn and then saw him rolling out mm-hmm. with what are we going to call those cannons, by the way? No, no. I asked I on Twitter know. and nobody Derween or Sling or something was something somebody gave us, but yeah, it was it was amazing. I it, I haven't been this excited to see a mascot in my entire life. Period. <laughs> no, I mean Little Red. All right, look, we finally you've got Daddy Herbie back. He's gonna keep you in your place. You don't need to go anywhere, but you do need to be kept in your place and just. Daddy Herbie's back. It's great to see. Andrew. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, definitely uh, more of a fan than old Herbie. To to your point, that's what I grew up with. Um, even I see like you have it on your hat right there. Oh, yeah. The only oh, yeah. time I ever bought Husker gear that actually had a Herbie on it was that Herbie. Never bought any with, you know, brown hair Herbie. So, um <laughs> Yeah, to me, I mean, it's it, it's okay to utilize that old tradition and using him without saying, oh, we're still living in the 90s. Like, yep. It's okay to admit that we made a mistake on this Herbie and go back to what we had before. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just don't want the narrative to be out there to be like, oh, my God, here we go again trying to recapture the 90s. No, it's okay to bring it back and admit that you made a mistake right. on the other one. So, yeah. I I'm a fan of it. Honky. Yeah. I <laughs> I'm happy. How much more what more can we say? What more can right? I say? I think it I think it was a good move. Just another good move by, by Trev there. Absolutely. Indeed. So that leads us to the final question that we need to answer tonight. Is the curse over? Yeah. <laughs> We're back. We just buried that thing to the Here comes ten, win, 10 wins, baby. Right? Is that what you're saying? You guys can't ask me that. You, you know what answer I'm going to give. Every season, I'm 0. telling you, we're, we're yeah. going to be in the national title. All right? I don't care. Crazy things happen every year. You get a team that has a Cinderella season. Why can't it be us? You know? Would be nice. It's been so Would long. Be nice. Just give us one for now. I, I think what's what's interesting is like the curse was tied around a coach around Frank right. and Frank is you know Frank's pretty frank when he talks and mm-hmm. I don't think he you know he doesn't think in terms of curses right he thinks in terms of coaching and and the curse that we have hasn't been him being fired or this AD or that a the curse has been making mistakes on the field right. turning the ball over right. fumbling and all yeah. those things uh, I think the curse is broken when I see us huddling up and when I see us lining up under center and when I and 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 when you start to see the things that that are being said off the field, being applied to the field. So, you know, we still haven't played a single game under Matt rule. Right. But yesterday was one of the, one of those opportunities to start to see is what he's saying actually being applied out there. And we kind of talked about that before we went on where it's like, I'd have been extremely disappointed if we had just heard, you know, four five, six months of, of everything we've heard, which has gotten us all excited. And mm-hmm. then we turn out yesterday and quarterbacks have green jerseys on. We're not hitting them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're thudding, we're, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not doing real special teams and all that. Be like, well, what the hell? That, come on. That's, that's, you know, if I've gotten jaded at any point as a fan, I, and I tend to stay pretty positive on things, but if I've gotten jaded, it's don't tell us one thing. Don't do the Bob Diaco yes. thing of like, mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, all of a sudden, to, yeah, we're going to come out and run something we've never done. To receive real football 
and to see real blitzes and to see real blitz mm-hmm. pickups and to yeah. see real mistakes, but real good yeah. plays being made by guys too. That's exactly what I want to see. And I can't, I can't promise that we're going to go back to going 16, three in five years. I mean, that's an unreal expectation for anyone, but the expectation of Nebraska football being relevant and national and ranked mm-hmm. and nine wins and, and up that is absolutely within, within should be the expectations of, of this program as a whole and doing those things that they're doing is what's going to get us there. As much as I love the Herbies, by the way, and, right, and bringing right. souls back to you, I'm so glad we did. But that's not even going to get us there. What's going to get us there is all the stuff that Coach Real's doing. And and uh, I was really just – I was pleased to see the football part of it. Yep. And mm-hmm. I loved it. It was cold. Hell with it. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. It's Nebraska. That's right. We still get a kid from Miami to commit that morning. Why oh, not? You know, who right. cares? Right. Willis McGay, he's son. That's, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That is – you want to talk about some full circle stuff. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we were good, his dad was running all over us <laughs> yep. in the 2001 yeah. Rose right. Bowl. That's right. And now he's got to wear Husker red oh, to watch his man. kid play. I uh, love it. Love <laughs> that it. is the best. That well, is absolutely. They brought the, all the freshman guys, uh, the freshman class out yeah. at, oh, at yeah. halftime and introduced them. I was meaning to, to bring that up because that was just another highlight of the spring game that I just loved. They got the whole yeah. signing class for yep. the 2023. Every one of them, one of them and, out and, on the field. And I screw up the name every time, but Smith, uh, the kid from uh, – Texas, that's uh, Iowa Legacy. You're, you're, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But the kid's at Iowa Legacy. His dad's like in the yep. ring of you know honor for yep. Iowa, and he's coming here. Yep. Uh, Bob Wager, of course, was his coach down there at, at uh, Arlington. But uh, mm-hmm. so he just comes up here, and now he's you know he's part of the class. And, and I I don't remember ever seeing a whole class like that being oh. honored before. So no. again, Trev and Coach Rule, Coach Rule too, having a pulse of Husker Nation. Mm-hmm. It. The spring game is supposed to be a positive day. I mean, yes. you better not lose the spring game. This is this is <laughs> right. a, this is an opportunity to walk away with just nothing but positives. And yeah, I mean, we've got we've got you know the, the recruiting class showing up, and and people are walking away with a smile. It's frozen on their face because it was twenty degrees out, but it, but it's yeah. a smile. Yeah, and that's a better thing than a frown being frozen. On, oh, so. it, uh, absolutely. It was it was so enjoyable to um, to just see. Trev talked about intentionality mm. back when when he fired Frost. He talked about intentionality, he talked about grinding, he talked about everybody pulling in the same direction. When Matt Rule gets here, he's parroting the same concepts yeah. and he's walking what he's saying. And the coaches are walking what he's saying and mm. saying the same things. Everything about yesterday's game was intentional. Yep. From the opening moment, few moments we get in the stadium, and there's that long announcement about safety about picking up your trash, about if you see anything going on that's suspect, go and get this security person. Watch out. There's going to be pyrotechnics. There's going to be flashing lights. If you have a sensitivity to that, you might want to cover your eyes or protect your ears. All that was intentional. Mm -hmm. Then the game itself was intentional in that we intended to play freaking football today, and they did. And there was an intentionality about halftime, bringing Frank out, not just bringing him out, but handing him a mic and giving him a chance Mm -hmm. to say a few words and being intentional about surprising him. Everything that this program is doing is intentional. And I think the the rest, I just hope that a lot of this same feeling and a lot of this same hopefulness starts to permeate like the baseball team because they're struggling right now. Mm. Uh, basketball team, I think there was a rule effect with the basketball team being just being around the program with that intentionality that he has in everything he does, I think rubbed off on those kids too. And I just, I hope 
that when we get to the season that we see some fruit, that we see, you know what? Situational football is going to happen in August, and it's going to happen in Minneapolis. There will be situations. There will be adversity. What will this team do that first moment that something hits that replays some old tapes from last year and the year before? Mm -hmm. What do they do? That's where I think the intentionality comes in. That's where I think the practicing situational football constantly will change some of those things. It has to. It's got to rewire their brain, rewire their response mechanisms. You know, maybe a a, a player of the game on defense in in this sense was, I think, tackling. You could just say tackling was so good. Why there are tack- great open field yes. tackles. Why is yeah. tackling improving? Because you're tackling. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I remember someone. Crazy concept. I, I remember someone asking me. It was about four or five months ago, and it was it was about some of the linemen and well, how are they going to play that first time they go up against you know some 350 pound dude at Minnesota? Well, if that's the first time that they're lining up and, and making that kind of contact, then that's a real problem because we trouble. just wasted an entire yeah. offseason, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. You know so. I'm not worried about that. It's what are you doing day by day? I mean, it's it's down to that kind of level. Coach Rule would talk about that a few months ago. Players, even before they were going through the offseason, you know, oh, you want to go to a bowl game, bowl game. He's like, bowl game? I, I just want you to get into the locker or to the weight room today. You know, that, mm-hmm. worry about bowl games later. We'll get there. Playoffs. We'll get there. But get, yeah. it's about doing Practice. this thing today. Yeah. You do those things right. You practice right. Yep. You're physical. How about football. you warm up right? How was that different on Saturday? You didn't. You weren't mm-hmm. there. That was like watching Oklahoma warm up yeah. when they were in the stadium last year. Because I watched that. We were sitting up in the 600s for Oklahoma and mm-hmm. wa- watching them wa- warm up. And I'm watching our team at the other end just kind of just doing this amoeba thing of doing whatever they're doing to warm up. They didn't even stretch really, you know. And I'm sitting there going, so they were doing that. Yesterday, they're doing the laying on their back, stretching the legs, and doing, and everybody was doing it together. And I'm like, "Yeah, we've changed. There's more intentionality." Like I said, I, I hate that yeah. word. Well, the patients you know, aren't running but, the asylum anymore. No. Yeah. No. So, man, this was fun, guys. This was absolutely. Oh, I thought we might go longer than this. We actually got done fairly quickly. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Right at an hour. Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, we didn't talk about the pipeline event, which probably we could go for a half hour on that. <laughs> there were some stories, I tell you what, that were just so enjoyable. Uh, but you guys weren't there, so it'd be kind of useless yeah, to talk about. You'd be kind of sitting yeah. there going, yeah, okay, great. Awesome. awesome. Just just keep <laughs> making us feel in. worse. Yeah. yeah. So I was but, at work Friday night. Yeah, yeah. rub it in. <laughs> so starting with you, Brian, uh, where can folks find the Husker Army podcast out there on the interwebs? Uh, I know just as you took a sip because oh, I'm no, just that guy. Mind. Yeah, this bubbly water, man. I don't know. I don't know. Never tried it before. Not half bad. Uh, pretty easy to find us. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Husker Army Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, don't really worry about my personal account. I say <laughs> I save that to follow my Brahmas in the XFL and a different podcast. I'm going to start back up soon. So cool. Uh, yeah, just Husker Army Pod. Check us out. Follow us. Check us out on YouTube. Husker Army Podcast. Just Google it. We pop, I can't believe how easily it pops right up. I was surprised. Yeah. So it yeah. is amazing. YouTube is the one that really drives yeah. it. Drives and on it Facebook, sure. Facebook, definitely check out Husker Army fan page. Uh, Matthew Malone, he's the one that helped us awesome. go ahead with the name for Husker Army, allowed us to use it. As long as we're kind of careful with some of our language. Yeah. No problem. Thank you, Matthew. I Good appreciate deal. it. Yeah. Dude. Th- yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, this has been an absolute. 
It was an absolute was blast. Andrew, how do they find you and your cohorts? And uh, Hey, by the way, proud of you. Not a single F-bomb tonight. Right? Yeah, you are right? Awesome. Constrained, controlled, you know. Like a, well, see, he's not drinking. Well, that like helps. a night and day different person. <laughs> this, you know? Definitely different than last night. Oh, for sure. My ears uh, were burning. Yeah. But no, uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at Big Red and More Two. Um, we do have Facebook page Big Red and More Podcast, and then yeah, on anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us. So check us out, Honky. Go Big Redcast at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. YouTube. And I think we're trying to start up TikTok. Although I'm not, I'm specifically not in charge of that. <laughs> I don't. I don't want any part I of that. But don't uh, blame you. Mac is doing some stuff with YouTube Shorts now, so I think it can transfer. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can we're, we're trying to play things. around with that. So, yep. Anyways, YouTube Shorts. That's just the weirdest name in I, the world. I can't so I, like shorts. <laughs> when you wear short pants and do videos, or what's the, anyway, Scott? Sorry, my stupid old man sense of humor. But uh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> hey guys. Okay, so I'm Scott. Hi. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Genred Pod. That is Scott with two T's. The second T is in fact silent. Um, you can follow me there. I just post a bunch of just goofy stuff in the off season. Um, if you want to see a a turd that somehow somebody squeezed out in one of the peach troughs. I saw that you posted at oh Memorial God. Stadium. Somebody <laughs> took a dump in the Memorial Stadium piss trough. So yeah, uh, yeah follow me on Twitter and go yeah. take a gander at that. Whoever it was was clearly they they were getting fiber. And <laughs> it was very like it was a Bill healthy. Murray Caddyshack. Like I mean, like it was. A, I, almost, I almost oh, thought long. it was one of those fake ones you could buy, like, but yeah. based size on the baby fact Ruth? that it just yeah. that it like it just reeked of shit. <laughs> it was like, yeah, this is definitely a turd. Uh, that I actually, balls, I actually man. did zoom in on it. I, I, I yeah, you've got it. You've you got kind of have to once you see it. Uh, when you're on Twitter, you got to make sure you're getting the good quality <laughs> bullshit. What kind of cojones does it take to try that? Dude, that's a, that's either know. somebody who really we hates us. Are we, we're My still guess alive? is there was a lot of call in. If we, if he's no, we don't have chance? a call in capability yet, and that's a whole we have another a few comments. Yeah, we've yeah, got a couple. We got we've got a couple, and in fact, we got a new one just now. We only had like four for quite a while. That sounds better, right? But uh, hey, awesome, great discussion, fellas, from Anthony Hayek. Hayek, is yeah. that how I say that? Yep. Cool. So he must be. He is related to Mac. Okay. And then we had Del Richmond there. Yeah. Del, he was just. Oh, like, he was just, just on your on forum. I have forum. not listened to that show yet. Nice. Sorry, Del. Yep. I missed it that night, too. So. Thank you guys just... so much for participating. Yeah, dude, this has been. There, Anisha. Okay. With the heart there. Thank you, baby. I love you. You're <laughs> awesome. Thank you for putting up with him. Oh, you have no <laughs> idea. And then letting us have him for. Uh, I, I'm sure you feel better the because he's that not there. Has gone so. through, the things she's seen. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. <laughs> the therapy she needs. Oh, yeah, she's I already in it. I hear you. Anyway, <laughs> for good. our show, you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook at GenRedPod as well as GenRedPod on YouTube. Or do a search for Generation Red on your favorite podcast app and you will find us. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. Do the same thing for all of these guys. Leave their shows, ratings, and reviews. It helps folks find their shows on those podcast apps as well as if you like their videos on YouTube. It helps it get pushed out to other places. So, Hey, with that, Honky, Andrew, Brian, guys, <laughs> this has been an absolute hoot, and I really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, definitely do this again. Do yes. another yeah, one. Yeah, thanks for having the, us. By the way, thanks for Jenner. Gen- yeah, oh Jenner, the yeah. one of the most amazing podcast studios yeah, I think I've awesome. seen. Yeah, very nice. Well, it's you know, amazing. when I saw Rob Zadiska, I, I had my Sorry Dave T-shirt on, which is a thing from his yeah. yep. show, right? Well, I get up there. And it, and he's going to sign stuff, and he just starts doing this with his <laughs> like I'm like, and then he had his red sorry Dave shirt on. So then he uh, took a picture with yeah, me I of it. Saw that. you that post cool. yep. that. And then I yeah. showed him a picture of the studio. I said, "Now, really, you have to sit in a basement in Omaha with a dude that's an Iowa fan. Don't you think you'd rather do that here?" Yeah. And I said, "He goes, oh, dude, that's awesome. I would mm-hmm. love to." Oh, get so, him in here, Ken. Yeah, it'd be yeah. fun. That oh, would yeah, be a lot of fun. So if you're watching, probably not, but you know, they, might <laughs> they did a show. They did a show today at Cross Train yeah. uh, Brewery in Oh, really? Omaha. They they did a live one there. Um, yeah, yeah, they they can put away the beer. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, for you guys, thanks again so much. Appreciate everything. He's Scott. I'm Ken. Together we're Generation Red. We're here to remind you every week that our pod burns redder. Yes. Uh, Iowa's corn sucks. Uh, shot glasses filled with sweatsuit sweat, and mm. they make a margarita out of it. And that's that's basically how uh, Iowa's corn functions. Maybe so. it sucks on the end of a turd found in a piss trough. Could, could anyway. be one of those things. <laughs> we are out of here. I have no outro video. So Go Big Red. So we will say Here goodbye. Go Big Go Red. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.